Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of Across the Park Extra. Myself, Ian Mills, and Gary Judge, uh, with an Everton FC, FC special, really. Um, we're delighted to be joined by someone from the, the 27 campaign. Anyone who is an Evertonian lately has heard about this campaign, whether you agree or, or you don't. Um, if anyone's on Twitter, like myself, everyone's going to know this man. He, he, he does the, the business matters, and he also puts some great pictures of foods up with a hashtag, come dine with the S. Get me starving every single time it is paul the s on twitter paul thank you for joining us how are you doing mate yeah good thanks um real real pleasure to speak to you guys uh yeah everything's good apart from everything actually and um <laughs> yeah the, the food the food is like sort of you know it's sort of um it's a bit of a release mechanism <laughs> mate i am starving every single time judgy's not on twitter i saw some manly across the park twitter and judgy just do you know it is like a michelin star dish that comes on every single night with a hashtag come down with the s my bank account, due to Just Eat, is all down to the esque, putting photos up, I'll tell you what. <laughs> but, but what we're here for, we, we, we told Paul off the air, it, it, it's a platform for the 27 campaign to talk about their plans, their hopes, their ambition, why they are doing what they are doing. We are planning to ask them some, some challenging questions whilst all giving them a platform. I think the first thing, Paul, I want to ask, really, why now and why the 27 campaign as a name? Okay, um, about well, just over just over six weeks ago, so just before Christmas, uh, some of the big social media accounts uh, that follow Everton uh, put a, a, a DM group together on Twitter, mm -hmm. and uh, they invited me in, in in on it. And it was uh, the idea was, you know, what can we do about the football club? What can we do uh, that brings together a load of fans? and sends a message to the board and sends a message to Fahad Mashiri. And I thought, well, yeah, because, you know, I've, I've tried to do that myself without involving other people necessarily over the years um, in my own sort of way of doing things. So I thought, yeah, I'd quite like to get involved in this. So I did. Uh, the, year, the, the, the name 27 years is very simple and it's um, very evocative. You know, it's used against us by... Um, by some fans, it's used against us by Liverpool fans, for example. Mm. But it it should remind the board of you know how long it is since we've actually been successful. Um, so twenty seven years was was just just an, an obvious um, name to use. <laughs> the, the idea the idea behind behind all of this is uh, very simple. It, it's different from previous campaigns that people have had. In the past, and this is not a criticism of anybody, it's just a different strategy. In the past, most of Ever most Evertonians' sort of um, anger has been vented towards the board, and the board just sort of you know put up put up the ramparts and they just they bat it back. I mean, you know, they're they're impregnable in in, in that sense. I took the view, and then other people took the view that actually the only person that can ever make change at Everton. Is Farhad Mashiri, because he's the guy that um, determines who's on the board, and if if we can get to him, or if Evertonians generally can get to him, and get him to realise that his interests as a, as an investor, where he's obviously heavily invested, is quite similar to to ours. We're we're heavily invested emotionally. Mm. Some people actually are heavily invested financially because they spend. A lot of the disposable income traveling up and down the country, week in week yeah. out, 
foregoing holidays, all sorts of different things, just to follow the team that they love. So in a sense, there should be an alignment of interests between uh, Farhad Mashiri and the fans, because for his investment to work for him, the club needs to be successful. For us, the fans, it needs to be successful. I mean, we, we will continue to follow the club regardless, of, of, obviously. But the return on our investment, our emotional investment in the club, is to see a club that we're proud of, a club that is successful on the pitch and um, sort of espouses the values that we all has. Sorry, we all have as Evertonians. So it, it, it was the thought that if we could get that message to Farhad Mashiri, um, then he might listen to us because it, it, it's a different message than you would send to the board because you're asking the board to remove themselves. And, you know, frankly, nobody ever voluntar voluntarily removes themselves from a position of power and a position of power that is, you know, very, very well rewarded uh, financially. The, the difficulty with that is then um, how do you get the fans on board? And I'm going I'm to hold my hand up and say we, we haven't done that well yet. You know, we, we had the 27 minutes uh, campaign for, for the Arsenal match. Mm. And that worked in one sense. It worked in the sense that it got a lot of media attention. So, you know, we were the first... Uh, article on on uh, BBC Match of the Day 2. And we had like a three-minute slot there. First time, I think, ever. Everton's been like, you know, the, the, the first thing. Sky, uh, um, BT Sports, etc. And, and most of the newspapers covered it. And most of the newspapers have covered uh, what we've done since. I think what we haven't done well, and we're addressing that now, is how do we give some form of ownership of this campaign to the fans. Mm. So to this date, it's been uh, people like me and, you know, there's probably half a dozen people who've been running this, who have either organized like the sit-in, well, actually the sit-in was organized by the originals, but organized yeah. the campaign or organized the banners, organized like a couple of the um, the photo shoots that have been done last couple of, couple of days. Um, and we haven't included the club. Uh, sorry, we haven't included the fans. And I think that's the bit that we now need to do. The other bit that we've done, and sorry, just stop me at any point. The other uh, bit no, that no, we've done, the other bit that we've done is um, through through people I know, through people that other people know. We're trying to make inroads into communicating with the people that can make the difference, make the changes. So, um, Mashiri is, as he said last week, a very very private man, very difficult to get get to directly. But there are people who know, clearly there are people who know him, uh, people in the football industry, his PR people, other people that, that do know him. And we're working very hard to get a message to him. That, And that message is the message that I gave at, at the beginning of, the, of this um, podcast, that our interests are aligned, we need to speak to him. Because the view is, and it's a very simple view, that if we don't make change in the club, if we don't change the way the club is run, how can we possibly ever expect a change in performance? Mm. You know, in the last six years, we've gone from being the best of the rest to being a potential relegation candidate. And that's a reflection of how it's not a reflection of resources because we've had more money than we've ever had in our history. It's a reflection of how badly the club is run. And that reflects on the board. 
but it also reflects on Fahad Mishiri because he jumps in and out of the running of this football club as he sees fit. And the argument I would like to put to him is, you see clubs like Manchester City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, Arsenal perhaps not, but Chelsea certainly, who are highly professional organisations and they have the very best people running their organisation. So whatever the role is, director of football, recruitment, um, sports injuries, whatever it is, they go out and they recruit the best people because they know that the best people are going to do the best job. We don't do that. We get We end up with... A guy who's very wealthy, a guy who's got, uh, from what I know, a great interest in football, running our recruitment. So he's the guy that goes and finds the manager. He's the guy that sometimes goes and finds, like, the left back. It's ridiculous. How can we possibly expect to um, compete with clubs who run very professionally but the best people in the industry when we're doing everything in such an amateurish just, um, just, on, just on that one, Paul. Yep. Okay, and just start by saying your opening, <clears throat> your opening three minutes, four minutes was, was, was brilliant, and the way you articulated that, I couldn't have been in more agreement with with what you set out there. So that was, that for me was was um, thank you, you know, really really well received. I'm sure it will be from all the Evertonians who are listening to it. Um, so so thanks for that. Just just a few like points from me on on some of the points you just made then you know particularly in relation to like Chelsea and even a lot I look across the park as well do you not think that certainly early in in Farhad Mashiri's reign when he when he brought in the likes of Steve Walsh for example that it was brought in with that intention that for example the work that Steve Walsh had done at Leicester was highly commendable that he come in with a very strong reputation when he first came in the same with Marcel Brands you know across Europe at that time he was one of the most heralded recruitment um, professionals, if you like, and, and, and has a somewhat of a track record at PSV as well. Do you not think there has been that effort there to go and seek out the best professionals? Carlo Ancelotti, obviously the, one of the best managers in, in, in the history of the world, you know, and, and certainly in, in recent history as well. Do you not think there has been an effort to try and do that? Yes, there has. But then when, when you get the people in, you have to give them the uh, to like the organisational structure, the responsibility, the authority to do the job that they're supposed to do. Yeah. It's like having a, a dog and barking yourself, and that's and that's what we've ended up doing here. We've ended up bringing good people in, and none of those people. If you think about it, none of the outsiders that have been brought into the club over the last six years have survived. They've all stayed for a period of time and 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 then moved on, and that's. That's on the board, and it's also you know at different positions with it within the club. <clears throat> and the reason for that is that they're not given uh, the space, they're not giving given the authority to do the job that they're capable of doing. And that comes back to um, the arguments about governance. And governance is all about people recognizing what their roles are and allowing other people to do the bits that they can't do themselves or that they can do better. And I, I think it's a, it's a legacy issue in terms of, you know, our chairman and our, and our CEO, for example, because they don't have a strong business background in terms of football, but it's even, it's, it's then compounded by Fahad Mashiri being totally indisciplined and just dropping in and out uh, as and when he sees fit. 
and and that's the big issue. I, I genuinely, I think that's the big issue, and that's the whole idea of the campaign is one to get that argument that argument out there, and then secondly, to get enough um, enough support from the fans to make Fired Machinery realise that we're serious about what we're talking about, because the feedback that he gets is based on, for example, you know, the survey that the club did at the end of last year or so the second half of last year, that 90% of fans think the club, the club is well run. <clears throat> well, <laughs> everybody I know on social media, every, every Evertonian that I know personally, I don't think it's 9 out of 10 that think the club is well run. I think it's 9 out of 10 that think the club is not well run. And mm. it's, it's getting a body of support together puts the pressure on these people to say, actually, we need to do something about this. Well, and, and, and that's what it's about. We, we haven't got all the answers. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not claiming to have all the answers, both in terms of gaining the support and also in the conversations that you would have with the machinery. Um, but I think I've got enough to start the process or we've got enough to start that process. No, I, I agree with that. Just just on the point you just made about obviously the questionnaire, then uh, timing's everything, isn't it? I mean, yeah. obviously we didn't end the season particularly well, but at, at that moment in time, I think Carlo Ancelotti was was still manager. The new stadium was pretty much you know in the bank. I, I think timing's everything when you ask people a question and go, well, compared to maybe where we were ten years ago with 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 next to no stadium and and, and a manager with no money, etc. Depends which way you frame the question, doesn't it? But going back briefly to the whole owner dynamic with with the the governance, and you referred to Chelsea as well. Roman Abramovich has a very similar approach and stance in relation to his control over Chelsea. Bruce Buck's the chairman, a lot like Bill Kenwright in the sense that big supporter, not particularly a massive um, business argument, if you will, but a very similar stance and that he doesn't really has much of a say, but then when he does have a say, it doesn't always have the impact that the fans want. Uh, I think that was with the, the appointment of Frank Lampard. It happened that way and quickly Abramovich stepped in and got rid of him. You're always going to have that, aren't you, with a, with an owner that is, is putting money into the pub or, or pumping money into the club, that at times they're going to step in and and despite how much we want it or, or for example, directors of football want to control things, they're going to step in and they're going to make their wishes known and they're going to execute them, aren't they, whether, whether, we, whether we like it or not? Uh, yeah, but the one thing, I think the, the, the really smart thing that Abramovich has done, and if you want to compare his approach to, say, Fahad Mishiri's approach, is that the people that he's brought into the club, the executives that he's brought into the club, are trusted and they're, they're, they're just very, very good at their job. You know, so you know, for for example, um, Guy Lawrence, who's the, uh, the CEO, <laughs> he ran Vodafone in the UK. You know, knows knows how to run a business. Um, what's her name? Um, Marina. Um, I can never say her name. Granovska. Yeah, Granovska. Yeah, has worked has worked with him going all the way back to um, to Sibnet when you know the the oil company that he owned somebody that he knows that he trusts that has done things in business uh, if you if you compare the cvs of our board with the cvs of almost every uh, premier league football club you know they, there's no there's virtually no comparison in terms of what they've achieved in their careers the, the external experiences that they've had 
And I think that's the difference. That's the difference certainly between us and Chelsea. I think that, I think one of the one of the biggest differences for me up until well, well certainly certainly now is we we've we've got rid of half of the board or they've either left like you said before or or, or we've we've sacked one of them in, in the face of in the in the shape of Marcel Brand. So I think there's only three. Well, there is only three left, isn't it? Grant Ingles being one of them. I don't think. Listen, I, I look at our board and I can't disagree with you. You know, there's a there's a lack of commercial experience certainly. I don't personally think the people that are on the board have not got a place on the board. I just think it needs a little bit more. It needs strengthening. There needs to be a, a wider expertise on there. I, I agree with you on that. I don't personally agree, and this is this is me, my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think the whole sack the board notion isn't something that people can, as a, as a group, get on board with because it, it, you know, the board. Let's be honest, the board is far had machinery, isn't it? You know, at the moment. And it will be, you know, even even at Chelsea, we just referred to to Maria Marina. Then, she is Abramovich's right hand woman or right hand man, whatever we call it. She is his is his eyes and ears on that board. And effectively, if Abramovich wants to remove the others, he can do. And and Mishiri will always have that power. I agree with it that we need a wider scope and a lot more expertise on there. But I wouldn't say that Denise, you know. Denise Barrett Baxendale is doesn't deserve a place on the board. What she's done with our community departments, our community departments is probably the best in the world. Um, so you know, is she is she CEO material? Maybe not. But to say that she should be sacked from the board, and and in my opinion, to still say that Bill Kenwright should be sacked from the board, I think is somewhat disrespectful. Um, and that's where I think, and and again, this is this is not me saying that I disagree with some of your objectives, by the way, and I completely agree that. The strength of our boards in general is way is way off where it could or should be, but I think I think the whole notion, and it and it doesn't actually appear in your you know your newly formed objectives of sack the board is something that I think a lot of Evertonians can completely get on board with. Does that make sense? Yeah, it it does. There has to be a degree of continuity. Obviously, you can't just fire everybody and then just like bring in new people. Uh, the following day, although interestingly, Manchester City did that. Um, the, the, the point being is that I think that if you look at the performance record of the of the individuals, and this is not personal, okay? You know, uh, Denise has done a fantastic job with the community aspect, but that's probably her strength, and that's probably where she should be. And I mm. don't say that you know in a derogatory sense. Yeah, so yeah. No I just you know just recognize. Her skills and where is she most comfortable? Yeah. It's clearly in 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 those areas. Um, Bill is always going to be a divisive character. Uh, I personally don't think he's an appropriate chairman uh, in this modern day and age. I think I think you need somebody with very different skills from from him. Um, and nobody's ever going to convince me differently about that. Uh, and I've you know pretty much said that to to his face in in as respectful way as I, as I possibly can. Yeah. Uh, a very good chairman would stand up to some of the uh, some of the things that Mishiri does. So a really strong chairman would sometimes say to Fahad Mishiri, "You're the shareholder. We're the directors. You employ us. You pay us to run your club for you um, with greatest respect." You have to allow us to do these things, and if you don't like them, then you can get rid of us and and, and bring somebody else in. Mm. That clearly doesn't happen. So, you know, when Mashiri wants to do something, he just does it, and there doesn't seem to be any consequences to 
what he does in terms of you know consistency with, with whatever it is that the board um, are thinking, whatever strategy a strategy they may have. So that's the point really about um, about cha changing these people. If you if you had a better CEO, obviously the business the, the business operates at, at, at a much higher level. Yeah. If you have a better chairman, then the relationship between the board and the shareholder improves in the in the sense that it becomes more appropriate for the needs of the business and that's the bit that bill fails to to do in my in, in my eyes he doesn't protect the business from the activities of the shareholder and sometimes yeah. if you don't have a if you don't have a shareholder that is nobody can criticize Mashiri for you know his commitment let's mm. let's make that clear but if you don't, if you if you have a shareholder that's a bit rogue, a bit of a loose cannon, I know from other businesses that I'm involved in, the chairman has to step in and protect the interests of the business yeah. as against the interests of the shareholder, and that doesn't happen at Everton. You know, whoever we choose as manager uh, in the next few days, it's going to be Fahad Mashiri's decision. Now, yeah. you, know, you can throw Chelsea back at me. I understand that. But I bet there's much more to and fro at Chelsea than than, than there is at Everton. Yeah, in listen, terms of the decisions made. I agree with you, and and again, I'm not going to argue with the fact that the board needs a bit more depth. I think what we like, we want to get to in this podcast, and 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 like I said about your opening statements, I support everything you said at the start. Yeah, I, th I think the objectives and the intentions of the campaign are spot on, and and you've acknowledged before. I think maybe the the message could could improve, the communications could improve. That's what we're here to, to try and help you with, and that's what I want to try and try and get to. Just a few questions on that, going back to the message a little bit more. Um, there's two things, really. One thing refers a little bit back to the structure of the board. How do you feel about the whole People's Club slogan? Because for me, that that in itself is a, it almost a, an issue for the club from a branding perspective and also almost in the way that you assemble the board in, in falling in line with that whole people's club notion because for me that's one of the reasons why Denise Baxendale is was is, is chairman or sorry is CEO because CEO. it yeah. falls in line with the whole where the people's club she's raised the community profile we'll always have that community in mind and that's what our CEO is driving that's my opinion on it what how do you feel about that do you think there's anything in that do you think do we need to shake that I, I, I would agree with you I, I think I think it's very limiting I think you have to recognize that you know First of all, we're a professional sports body here, yeah. and we're in the most competitive. Or what's told, what we're told is the most competitive competition in the world in terms of yeah. club football. Absolutely. So that needs to be the focus. So what is it that you do about branding? What is it that you do about um, the club's culture that helps you become successful? in what is the most competitive environment within your within your industry and and we're no we're nowhere near that, that when when we talk about you know the players not putting a shift in the players you know being half a yard short maybe you know um mentally not being quite quite with it you know like the slow starts that we've had this season last season etc this is all part of the same thing it's all part of the the corporate culture the, the culture yeah. of the club um and other clubs have it off to a T because they see that there's a competitive advantage in terms of their thought process, their culture. We're 
we're in the 19th century still, well, 20th century still, in terms of our corporate culture thinking. Yeah, so no. the, the People's Club is it, it, just part of that. Yeah, I agree with it. It was just it was something that yeah. that I've thought about for a long time, and, and certainly you guys are getting getting to that that point. I think, and I think it will be something that that comes out in the wash. That the the second one, second question, second part of my question was the 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 wording of the twenty seven campaign. Obviously, we explained it at the start. I think it's pretty obvious. Um, I mean, my first point, being honest, again was I, I thought it was a little bit like a self entitled statement, as if to say we have the right to win trophies. You know, for me, you know, you look at like Newcastle United, for example, I'm not saying that this is, I'm, I'm saying that they're a club that has been perfectly ran or, or whatever, but obviously a very passionate fan base like ourselves. They haven't won a trophy for a hell of a long time, you know, not including any championship honours. I'm talking about this at the top level. I, I'm just not sure that, that, that the 27 campaign itself it, it is something that I think some fans will ever get behind just from the name itself uh, that, well first of all that's a very interesting observation uh, I, can, I, I can only speak for myself I can't speak for the rest rest of the people because I've, I've ne we've never talked about this um, the sole purpose behind being a football club is to win competitions that's to me uh, you know in, in, a, in any sport and yeah, but is is it not? You're right. It's it's obviously something everyone's trying to do, but no one's even the the you know the best run run organized. There's some there's some very well run football clubs in this country. I'm not just talking about Premier League clubs. There's some clubs that are run very well within the resources they've got, and and you know sometimes they've got the ceiling based on where they they are in the country. For example, they're never going to attract fans due to the the geographical location or the demographic. If they don't want tro trophies, does that mean they'll never be a, you know, an organisation that people can get behind? Is that no? So it, it, you know it depends. What one of the questions actually that we were asking Fahad Mashiri is, um, can can he define what success means to him? So, success to me means that you see whoever our captain is lifting, you know, one or more trophies at the end of every season, and that we're in the Champions League and. Everton fans are experiencing all the things that, you know, the, the very top club, the fans of the very top clubs experience year in, year out. The, you know, the European nights away, the finals, semi-finals, finals, etc. That, to me, defines success for, for a football club. But I accept entirely that you can, you know, an, another club will have entirely different um, objectives and aims, you know. Accrington Stanley is a fantastically successful football club in terms of what it does in its community, in terms of what it does in terms of the amount of money that it has. A little club like Accrington Stanley gives away a free football shirt every year to all of the uh, primary school kids in, in, in the town. That's how engaged, that's how close they are to their local community. By any stretch, that's success. Then, then they're not going to win the, you know, the Premier League. They're not going to win Champions League or anything. Um, but then that's not their objective. So it, it comes back to what is it? What is your objective? And and that's one of the questions that Mashiri has to answer. If 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 Mashiri's answer to that, then for argument's sake, because you just just mentioned yeah. that yourself, if Mashiri's answer was that I want us to regularly qualify for European competitions and to compete, 
would that satisfy you? It would be a long way towards satisfying. Yeah. Because it's not a trophy, is it? That's my point. It's no, like the, the, well, it, the simple answer is no. It wouldn't because I want to, I, I want us to win trophies. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it would be an awful lot near. We would be an awful lot nearer to doing that if if we were in that position. Yeah, and, and listen, I, I, I'm not, <coughs> not trying to be um, disrespectful. I, th- I think the um, that that's it for me. I, I just I find it hard, like. And again, look, there's, like you said at the start of your response there, it's, it's an interesting way to look at it. The way I look at it is, is success is earned over a, a certain period of time. And whether that takes 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, sometimes projects take longer than others. I'm not suggesting here that, by the way, the machinery's got this secret project we're not aware of, because if, if it is a secret project, it's the best best secret ever ever, ever kept, because we're not, we haven't got a clue what's going on. But I, I just feel like the twenty set, like for example, next year is it twenty? Does it become the twenty eight, then twenty nine, then thirty, then thirty one? Does that does that keep on going? Yeah, we, keep, I think we, I, keep campaigning until we win a trophy again. And this is the last part of that question because the loaded one. If we win the FA Cup next year but go down, does the campaign end because we've won a trophy? No, I don't think it does because the, the, if we won, for example, the FA Cup this year, um, and we got relegated. We, well, it doesn't even matter if we get relegated. Well, it does matter if we got relegated or not. But just yeah, it, the drought, doesn't it? Because that's that's obviously the last thing on the on the. Well, it does, but it 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 doesn't change anything about the way that the club is run. And 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 that's and and, and that's the point. It, um, it's all about the way the club is run at the end of the day, and in a sense, the twenty-seven years thing is. Uh, it's you know it's a symptom. We're, we're explaining the pain that you have as an Evertonian if it is the case that you want us to win something, which I think most Evertonians do. And yeah. a lot would be very satisfied if we won the FA Cup. Look, I I remember you know the 1995 final like like yesterday as, as yeah. I'm sure you guys do, and I remember the, um, the the single best moment I've ever had as an Evertonian was when we won. The FA Cup in '84, because that was the first time I experienced uh, us winning something. You know, so I always remember that moment um, mm. at, at Wembley. So that would satisfy an awful lot of people, but it but, wouldn't change the running of the club, and it wouldn't make us a more successful or rather, sorry, it wouldn't make us a better run club. Yeah, no, fair enough, Millsy. I think you've got some 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 questions. <clears throat> Oh no, it's it's been great to have Paul on, and we don't want to keep him too too much longer. But um, no, you don't want to listen to me too much longer. <laughs> you just said that you could see that we remember 1995. So you're you're saying that you wheel a hold. So I might grill you there, like Judge did. <laughs> uh, no, no, we've got some Q and A on Twitter. Paul very kindly said that we can invite questions. I'm not going to name anybody. We asked for DMs because we don't want the the timeline to go all crazy. But before we get there. Paul, if you don't mind, we're recording this on the on the Wednesday after the the sort of the, the media blast or, or the the wrongly worded tweet that was a protest on the live birds last night. Would you like to address that? Yeah, sure. First of all, it didn't say protest; it just said gathering. Okay. Um, and I and I take full re- full responsibility because it was me that put the tweet out. Um, I didn't ask anybody else before I put the tweet out. I just did it. Um, because the, the reason for the reason for doing what we did last night at the Royal Liver Building was to get some media attention, 
And the one thing that we, you know, as I said at the beginning, the one thing that we've been very successful so far is is getting the engagement of uh, people in the media. So, like today, the Guardian, the Times, the Daily Mail, uh, Sky Sports, uh, you know, showed photographs and 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 they wrote stuff about uh, what happened last night. If if the fan base misinterpreted what the tweet said, then I take full responsibility for it. I, in, in my own eyes, the tweet was pretty clear to, in terms of what it was, but I can also accept that other people might have seen it differently. And if they saw it differently, then they obviously would have felt that they were not being part of something. And I think one of the things that we have to do uh, both as as the 27 years campaign, but all, all the other campaigns that are, are, are popping up, is that we have to give fans ownership of it. it for, for it to become a real success, they they have to feel as if they're part of it and as if they're part of the decision-making process and as if they're, they're contributing to uh, the ideas that, that are be behind the campaign. I, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty, I've got a pretty strong character, so... I see a hole. I, I, I'll quite happily fill it with all of my ideas until somebody stops me from from filling it. Um, but that doesn't mean to say that other people shouldn't be contributing their ideas and that we shouldn't be more receptive to other people. So, you know, the lesson from last night will be that that we need to provide ownership uh, to, to the whole of the fan base, not just as is is perceived a small number of people who are running this account. No, that, that's fair. And I mean, just just to bottom line that one, I know Hannah from Hans Tours and, and she took some abuse yeah. last night. I, I feel really sorry for Hannah. I've known her, I'm showing sure my age now for, for over 20 years. So I, I think we need to get to a point where division stops. And, and I don't know how we do that. I think it may be on me, Judgy, maybe on you, maybe on Farhad Mashiri, but at some point, division has to stop because when people are getting attacked on social media for having an opinion or for their WhatsApp being leaked, I think we're going too far. As a fan base, that's just my opinion as, as me. Uh, we, we've got some Twitter questions, Paul. We're going to fly through them. You might have answered them already on a podcast. So if you have very, very quick answers, if you don't mind, we're not going to name anybody's name because they were all DMs and I don't want to out anybody. Um, very, very quickly, what are you protesting against you being the 27 group campaign? Sorry. Uh, the, the appalling running of the football club. Okay. Um, What's the objective of the movement and how will that be measured? The objective of the movement is to get Fahad Mashiri to listen, to engage and to act. And it will be measured against each each of those things. So he might listen to us. He might even meet us or he might meet other Evertonians. I don't know. But unless he does the acting bit and unless he makes the changes, then we, we will fail. Okay, um, someone says, I, I feel a campaign has been a bit muddled and you also accept it takes time for board change. Well, I think Mishiri's had six years to change the board and six years to change the corporate culture and six years to change his behaviour. Uh, and he's not done that yet. Uh, in terms of is the message muddled? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that on board, yeah. Okay, Um do you consider the current board responsible for 27 years without a trophy if we don't win one this season? Uh, certain members of the board, so the chairman, yes. Um, but the current board is a... Uh, there's symptoms of the, of, of the problems that the club have had for many, many years in terms of the governance issues, 
surrounding surrounding the club. So they they're effectively represent they're representatives of all the bad decisions that have been made in the past. The, the issue would be that they've not um, reversed those bad decisions; they just continued continued and added to them. So yes, they are in, in a sense they are responsible. Okay, uh, we've got three more. Uh, when yeah. will the protesting stop? And what needs to be achieved in order for it to be stopped? Well, I, I can't speak for everybody else, but uh, it would have to be to the point where uh, we get that engagement and we get some uh, acknowledgement of uh, the need for change and what those changes would be. So, just just on that, Paul, and I probably you've answered this enough times anyway, but that's got to start, and it with, with the structure of the board in terms of because the the governance filters down from there. And obviously the expertise and them identifying the right people to fulfill the roles below the board it, it would have to start there wouldn't it it would but it but that decision would have to be made by far and sherry of course yeah 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 uh, uh, final two and, and this could be a double double barrel question really um why do you think there hasn't been much engagement from the fans that's that's a personal opinion maybe and do you think the message has been commun communicated well enough i think the me well can i answer the second question first i think that of course, the um, of I think the message has been really well communicated to um, to the media and people who are in football because we've had loads and loads of engagement from those people and loads of people interested in what we're doing. Um, I think we need to get much better at improving the messaging to fans. And we have to recognise that not every, well, only the minority of fans are active on social media. So we have to find other ways uh, of addressing, you know, the 40,000 that goes to Goodison every week and the hundreds of thousands of Evertonians around the world. No, that's fair. No, no, Paul, it's been really kind of you to come on and, and give, give us your time and you've answered some really, really tough questions, which I think maybe there's a sex of Evertonians who, who needed that and, and I'm glad you've came on and done that and, and I hope this helps you guys. I hope this helps the club more than anything. I hope this helps the club because for me personally, I've not really enjoyed going to Goodison for a while and don't really know why i can't put my finger on it. it i just feel a little bit of disconnection maybe what you're saying is completely true maybe what you're saying is completely wrong i just don't know i just feel there's a disconnection so i really hope that something like this helps the fans get united um judgey do you want to want to close on this yeah I, ju I just wanted to say that, that i was one of the fans i don't mind in saying this that i felt that this movement in particular was going to make that disconnect even even bigger or, or widen the gap between the the you know not necessarily the boards, because the, the board do, like you said before, seem like a distance. You know, Farhead Machiri particularly seems so far away that we're, you know, we're, we're nowhere near it. But I think there's been a divide in our fan base in particular for quite a while, uh, probably the last, certainly the last two to three years. But in, in recent times with the appointment of he who shall not be named, it, it got even worse. Um, and my fear was that the campaign was going to make that atmosphere that, that, like Nilsie said, has been quite toxic even worse. But you know, I haven't, I haven't tried to get to know the, the the objectives a lot better and understand them. And certainly from the last 40 minutes, um, I am encouraged that if you can continue the momentum that you've got now and, and like you say, if you can get the fans on board and, and get everyone to understand on their own level what it means and, and the fact that it is about trying to get, to get the best for our football. It's not about anyone's ego or anyone trying to get a, you know, um, you know, trying to get recognised for any reason. Then I'm 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 confident that it that, that it is for the best of the club, and I'm, I'm delighted with you know I'm I'm um, say delighted I'm I'm um, I'm encouraged by what you're doing. 
because I'm not sure it was up until up until probably the end of this call, to be honest. Well, thanks for saying that. Look, at the end of the day, it's um, going to be down to action rather than words. You know, words are easy. I I talk for a living, so I can talk to anybody about it, <laughs> you know, for as long as you want me to. Um, it's all down to action, and it, it's all down to how the campaign now reacts to the feedback that it's had in the last 24 hours, conversations like this, which are really useful. Um, and the proof of the pudding will be in what we do in the future and how we engage more with the fans. Um, because actually, the more we engage with the fans, the stronger our argument is to Fahad Mashiri. So we have, a, we have a vested interest in doing that. That's fair. If, if anybody's interested in even just following along on what the 27 campaign are doing, if you're on Twitter, please get over to at 27 years campaign. If you want to follow Paul, who does some great business matters uh, posts, I've followed your stuff for years, Paul. They're really, really great to speak to you tonight. So thank you very much for coming on Across the Park podcast. Anytime. Thank you. Cheers, Paul. Thank you. Cheers.